You're listening to Living in His Love on The Answer Broadcasting with Rev. Trudy Daly. Now, let's prepare to hear this week's message. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to guide and direct this program. May all that is said and done be truthful and loving and reflect your word and your ways. Open the ears and hearts of those listening that they might be blessed by what is said. Help each listener to know and understand how much you love them and that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to save them and that you want to help them in every situation in their lives. Amen. The family is a critical part of the foundation of society. And up until about 60 years ago, it was very different than what we see today. And both fathers and mothers are significant. Each plays a key role. Fathers are to be protectors and providers, helping their children to become who God ordained them to be. Men are the ones to help boys become men and serve as an example for their daughter also, so that she will choose a husband who will be a godly man. There are no perfect families. There are no perfect parents. There are no perfect children, and God still loves us and wants a relationship with us and an opportunity to help us be the best person that he created us to be. One of the things that God put on my heart one time was I was at a point in ministry where I was considering giving up. And I kind of was praying and asking the Lord, is this okay? And he came back with an answer that shocked me. He actually said, if you give up and do not fulfill your destiny, you will impede your son from fulfilling his So we have a responsibility to be the people of God that we are called to be. It says, when we think of moms, the two words that come to mind are caring and sacrifice. We know, first of all, that mothers give birth, and it's no fun carrying that child around for nine months and making room for it. My son was born in January, so Christmas shopping was always a struggle because I was making room for that little thing that was out in front of me. So it's important uh, that uh, there's emotional backbone of the family. The trouble is that so much, as I said with the statistics, are happening that so many marriages are not surviving. In fact, I think a recent figure was that the average marriage now lasts 8.2 years. Mothers are called to be caring, to touch and help heal our wounds, both physical and emotional. And the thing that we often don't recognize that children, even in utero, have emotions and experience acceptance or rejection. So even what's spoken around a child in utero can affect that child. And there's, there was a case where uh, this woman had gotten pregnant. I don't remember how many other children she had. And the, her brothers were there saying, well, we don't need another mouth to feed. We already have enough. You know, why did you go ahead and do this? And so that child 
already experienced rejection in the womb. Mothers are known for hard work and making sacrifices. Often, various situations will arise and we have to choose between, well, do I want to do this or do I want to do that? And we step back and see what's needed most by the child. There was a point in my life where uh, I couldn't even afford to buy a new bedspread, let alone clothes or other things. But in spite of that, uh, the Lord was always there, always helping. And one of the things I want to focus on today is mothers are forgiving and need forgiving because there are no perfect parents. So that I know some mothers have caused deep wounds in their children. But we also have to recognize the fact that they came from wounded parents and wounded situations. And we sometimes talk about generational issues that come down. And unless they're dealt with, they're going to be perpetual in that family line. So our need to forgive is one of the things that I would ask you to sit down and think about tonight when you go home. Sometimes we've buried the hurts very deep, and we'd rather just gloss over it and, and keep going. But one of the illustrations, they said a, a wound is like a balloon that you try to keep pushing down in water. No matter how hard you try, it just bubbles back up. Mothers and fathers are called to support their children's dreams and remind them of all the things that they are called to be. We don't always know what their calling or gifting is, but one of the blessings I had was a mother who basically said, you can do anything. Well, I knew I couldn't be an astronaut. That wasn't happening. <laughs> but at the same time, I knew that support throughout my life, and even when I went into business besides ministry, it helped me to deal with, with many issues. One of the things our parents often do is teach us about boundaries so that we can be kept safe and made a better person. Uh, it's not always easy. Children don't like boundaries. They don't like discipline. But it's absolutely a necessity. And the Lord sees and hears everything to help protect you. I know the kids, when I taught school, they used to go, well, now, how did she know that? Does she have eyes in back of her head? I believe mothers do. It's like an instinctive thing. We just sense when something isn't right. And, of course, parents are called to teach their children to be functional adults and make good decisions. Sometimes people don't want to grow up. We call that the Peter Pan syndrome. We want to stay young and do what we want. But life has a way of snapping us out of that. Our parents set godly examples and help us to learn about God. That's one of the key roles. I don't think people actually focus on that. They kind of go along and do all the things, you know, make sure they're fed and clothed and this and that, but don't recognize how critical they're teaching them about God.
As I said before, 24% of mothers are solo moms. That's a quarter of mothers. And 61.8% of women who give birth go back to work. So one of the fun things was that uh, the average mother gets only 5.5 hours of sleep a day and has in a year changed about 2,000 diapers. They've done five feedings probably per day, unless you have twins. <laughs> and 70% of people do about six loads of laundry per week. So there's certainly work that's involved with being a parent. One of the things that we need to stop and think about is intentional moments with our children. When I taught school, I used to tell parents, take about 15 minutes for each child, and that, that they know that's their 15 minutes and that you will do whatever they want with you. And so they didn't fuss because they knew that their turn was finally gonna come. Children need to know that they're seen that they're not just being put up with or tolerated, but they're actually valued. And mothers are usually the first teacher that children have. And reading to them is one of the important things. And praising children instead of criticizing them. I know having taught school, I was very aware how sensitive children were, and often their self-confidence was affected by the fact that they were criticized. So I made a vow that I would not criticize my son because I figured the world would do that for him, and so I was gonna try to insulate him from that. But as you all know, love is the greatest way to help our children. That Sometimes we haven't received the love that we need, and we have to ask God for the grace to be able to do it for our children. I know that in uh, my mother's generation, uh, they didn't say, I love you. Their actions said that they loved us, but uh, they did not verbally say it. And I remember as uh, my mother was dying of cancer, and I said to myself, you know, I know my mother loves me, but I didn't think my brother and sister did. And so I would go and visit her, and I would say, I love you. Didn't hear anything. Say it again, didn't hear anything. And I finally said, well, I'm not leaving till I hear it, so we're going to have a long wait if you don't say it. And then she finally could say it, and she could say it for my brother and sister as well. One of the things that the Lord says to us in Deuteronomy, to honor our fathers and mothers, and that it will go well with us when we do. And I don't know about you, but I want to have a long life. So I tried very hard to do that. It was easy with my mother. She was very saintly. Not so easy with my father. <laughs> so I had to ask help from God. Uh, to honor them. And I was shown that the basis for honoring is personhood or identity, relationship or authority. 
And this was the part that kind of took me back. It says, not performance or behavior. And we know that many people struggle because of bitter root judgments towards their parents. And that the result of that then is what we have judged them for is going to come back in our lives. And there's some interesting times we had taught this concept at a group we had on Saturdays. And uh, this lady came in and I looked at her and I said, what happened to you? She had lost her two front teeth. And I said, well, what happened? She explained. And then she blurted out, I judged my mother for not having front teeth. So it brought it home that those things are real. And sometimes we're not even aware of how we judged our parents. But as we said, there are no perfect parents. God put us in the families that we're in. Not everybody's happy about that. You know, we all, and I can remember thinking, well, why didn't I have a family like Father Knows Best? And the kids are good, and the mother's dressed with her pearls and her apron, and there's never any trouble, and all goes smoothly. Well, I don't know that that would have prepared me to be who I am now, and I kind of doubt that. So one of the things today is that I challenge you to go back and see if you have judged your parents, and so that you can repent of that and nothing negative comes down to you. We know God is the perfect parent. He's loving. He'll never leave us. He forgives us, and he wants what is best for us. Our parents, as I said, were not, are not or were not per perfect, and we need to forgive them. This is the second part. God had me do a totally different thing, and I went, okay, I don't understand, but I accept it. So here's the second part of the sermon, which is a time. You know that in Solomon, he says there's a time for this and a time for that and so on, and that there are times of refreshing, times of healing, times of restoration, times of prosperity, times of opportunity. And part of what our job is to discern the time that we're in. And not everyone is in the same time. So we need to seek God. Are we in a time of transition? And one of the things that he pointed out is sometimes we're in a time of trouble or chastening. We don't like it, but it has purpose. And so uh, we also need to recognize that there are times that the opposite is going to happen and that we only stay in a time for a certain amount of time, and then that will shift. One of the things, uh, this came from Kim Clement, that faith from present time is not necessarily enough for the future, so that when we pray or when someone prophesies to us, then we get a glimpse of the future. And we may be in a time where we're down and depressed and cannot envision the possibility of something better. And yet, he says, the Lord would allow me to know and call upon the future. 
he would have a prophetic vision. And one of the things about being prophetic is that um, we know the outcome sometimes because God reveals it to us. But one of the things I learned, and maybe some of you have experienced, when everything's going great, the Lord's saying, no, no, trouble's coming, just wait. And then when trouble has come, you're there saying, oh, but it's going to get so much better. So that uh, I've found, I have a, a woman that prays for me and is prophetic. And I will say, she's probably watching. So, and has kept me out of trouble for 25 years. Has been accurate for 25 years. And when I think this is more than I can take, I'll call her and she'll pray and say, this is going to happen, you'll be okay, just trust God. We need times of refreshing, and we need to examine the time that we're in. I believe I'm in a time of transition. I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I've been. And there was a point in my life when I was um, in a, a church and was called to be the president of the church. And I said to God, uh, women don't get to do that. And I, so he said, just wait and see. And lo and behold, I became the first woman to be the president of the church. Was that a good thing? Not necessarily. <laughs> Because sometimes what I find that happens is when God makes you to be the first in something. Uh, my son had a good saying, which proved to be true. My mother, first with the flack. So that often when you are the first to do things, the enemy works extra hard to stop you and keep you from trying to do what you're meant to do. Now, some people are saying we are in the end times. He, um, he seemed to think that we, but we are not in the end of time. And that we must be waiting and watching. He believed that Jesus wanted to come back, but he could not because it first had to come a time of refreshing and a time of revival that we're expecting. He said, be ready and know your gift and do not get dissatisfied with your gift. The sad thing is, if you ask the average person what their gift was, they don't have a clue. Because gifts are not taught in a lot of places. And um, I can remember a time that uh, I was doing a healing service and we had finished and I'm walking out, and the Lord says to me, I want you to pray for that man. And I go, uh, only if he talks to me first. I was very bashful back then. <laughs> so along he came and started talking to me, and the Lord said, I have a word for him. So I gave him the word, and he looked at me and said, you're a prophet. And I said, oh, no, they stoned them. I'm in the healing ministry. Little did I know. So sometimes God will reveal the gifts that he's given to us through other people. And 
then we have to begin to ask God to help us to develop those gifts because they are meant for the body of Christ. They are not meant for us personally. So we know that often prophets are persecuted, hated because of their prophecies, but that should not stop us. Whatever you're going through, this is a time not a permanent place. So I would say to you today, seek God. You may have, by the way, more than one gift. And we tend to want to stay in our comfort zone. And whatever we're comfortable doing, uh, because it's worked and we're accepted, we tend to do it. Uh, but that's like waving a red flag in front of God and saying, okay, change it, change it. <laughs> because we are that. There are different seasons in our life, and we need to be ready to shift. There's a difference between uh, something that's a, a, a trial, a short trial, or something that we have to go through for a long time. I'm encouraged by many of you who have been stepping out and are willing to use your gifts to bless people because we are called to help the kingdom come. But I guess one of the things I do want to leave you with is that in spite of the time that you're in, especially if it's not pleasant, recognize that you are not going to stay there, that you will have times of refreshing and prosperity. But I would also urge you for those to seek in your heart whether you have forgiven your parents for anything that you feel they did wrong. You're not perfect parents, and they were not perfect parents, and your children are probably not going to be perfect parents. But we thank God that he is loving, and he, he's long-suffering, and that he forgives us over and over. Seek him this weekend and see if there's anything that you've done that has and is hindering you with your ministry and your life. Father, we just thank you for the loving mothers that you gave us and for the spiritual mothers that you put in our life. Not every person can be a biological mother but we can all be spiritual mothers. Help us to discern who it is that you're placing in our lives to do that too. And we thank you for the love that we get in return. We pray for wisdom and discernment for them so that we do not mislead them in any way, but that we stand by them, we encourage them, and help them develop their gifts. We thank you and praise you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Dear listeners, thank you for sharing this time together with us. We ask God to bless you, heal you, and to provide, protect, and prosper you. May God allow you to experience more and more of his love for you. We pray that this week's message has touched you in a powerful way. To connect with us online, visit us at theanswerbroadcasting.com.